Tony Campolo tells the story of how he arrived in Honolulu in the middle of the night. And uh, he was hungry, and so he made his way without uh, realizing it to a rather rough part of town. And it was about 3.30 in the morning. And he found himself in a little diner with eight or nine prostitutes who were now off for the night. And he overheard the prostitute beside him say to her girlfriend, tomorrow is my birthday. And her friend shot back, so what do you want from me? You want me to get you a cake and sing happy birthday? And the birthday girl protested and she said, why do you have to be so mean? I was just telling you, that's all. Why do you have to put me down? Why should you give me a birthday party now when I have never had a birthday party in my whole life? When the prostitutes left, Campolo decided to decorate the place for the next night and give the birthday girl a surprise party with the help of the bartender who chipped in on the cake. And the next day, the girl was so taken back when everyone in the bar sang happy birthday to her. And then Campolo said a prayer for the, to, for the woman and to the surprise crowd. And, and the bartender said, hey, you never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to? And Campolo replied, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for whores at 3.30 in the morning. And the bartender shot back. No, you don't. There's no church like that. If there was, I'd join it. Let's pray. Lord God, as we look at this text that Laura just read for us, I hope that we will not miss what is going on as Jesus is a friend of prostitutes and sinners. And I pray that as we look into your word and as we consider the words of wise people who have looked into your word, that you might spark in us what we most need. That is a friendship with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. As Don already indicated, the title today is a chapter from the book Gentle and Lowly that we're reading together, and today's title is A Tender Friend. And the question from our passage is a friend of tax collectors and sinners, as the scripture says. That's what we're exploring. And so the question is, what does it mean that Jesus Christ is a friend to sinners? Now, most of us know that he's our teacher. 
and that he is a miracle worker and that he is a savior and that he is a mighty Lord. However, if it's true that he is a friend of prostitutes, then guess what? He just might be a friend of you and me. It seems to me that most of the world, in America at least, in this day and time, we think of friendship as almost something mostly for children. And so the friendless American male, as it's been dubbed, is a real thing. And on some level, we would all like to have friends, but it just doesn't seem like there's enough margin in our lives to really do something about it most of the time. And so our relationships are merely acquaintances, and I would say so often based upon some type of performance of a task or a task together. In other words, to a great degree, we've lost the art of friendship. Then, I would also say that a lot of times underlying the friendships we do have is a certain fear, maybe a mistrust, maybe some way in which that relationship failed. And so maybe it's just deep disappointment as we survey our friendships. Maybe you parents want a friendship for your children so badly because you know how hard it is for yourselves. What's it mean that Jesus Christ is a friend to sinners? I want to suggest, number one, that Jesus is your friend too. Why? Because he befriends more than good people. And so you qualify. Since you are a sinner before you were a saint, he is your companion. What I'm trying to say with this is he's impartial in his friendship. There were two groups that the text talks about, the tax collectors and the sinners, and they are he is accused of befriending them in Matthew's gospel, and uh, they're the very ones in Luke 15:1, where the text says, now the tax collectors and sinners were ga- all gathering around to hear Jesus. In other words, they can't stay away from him. They are at ease around him. They see something different in him, and there is an attraction and an acceptance that is just striking, isn't it? That he finds himself so at ease, and they so at ease in this group. It's not occasional either in the Gospels. It happens repeatedly. Zacchaeus, a friend, the woman at the well, a friend of sinners, the tax collector Matthew, the sinful woman, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, Peter, James, John, you can think of others in the Gospels that were friends with Jesus. Now, I've kind of noticed that we're not quite so impartial. We quickly draw up who is on our list of naughty and nice. 
who to befriend and who to avoid. And somehow Jesus operates on a level deeper so that in a socially divided, sectarian, highly categorized, stratified world, his impartiality is striking. Let's put that text back up, Matthew eleven nineteen, once again. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Do you know when they accused him of this, of being a glutton and a drunkard, they didn't just pull those ideas out of thin air. That's actually a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verses 20 and 21, which tells how parents are to deal with a rebellious son. And I frankly, I'd rather live today than back then in the Israelite world, because if your son was a community nuisance, there was no tolerance in ancient Israel. If your son is a glutton and a drink drunkard, he is to be stoned to death, dying a violent and dishonorable death. Different day, huh? So the very fact that Jesus is given this label is way more serious than it first appears. This label that you are a rebellious son for eating and drinking with these people ties it to the verse in Deuteronomy and gives a foreshadowing, a hint of what we await at the cross. The rebellious son goes to die. Calling the friend of sinners a glutton and drunkard was to point to his death. So he is happy to be a friend of, to sinners for this is exactly who he will die for. Even you. What's it mean to be a friend of sinners. I want to suggest this, that Jesus is your friend too because he always enjoys rather than refuses your presence. This is the point that is made in the book Gentle and Lowly in chapter 12, A Tender Friend, that sometimes it's extremely hard to feel comfortable with our friends they talk too much, or they don't talk enough, or they gossip, or they're too political, or they're not political enough, or you trust them, but you don't trust them completely, and all human relationships have these limits. However, you can share the worst parts of you, the really ugly stuff, and I know you've got it, and Jesus will receive it. He enjoys spending time with you. 
Now, maybe you can only believe that and trust that by faith. We can see examples of this in Scripture, but it may take the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to really believe you can be honest with Him in that way. But I read to you from the Scripture itself, Revelation chapter 3 and uh, verse 20. Here I am, Jesus said. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they with me. This is the God who wants you to be in a relationship with Him, to know Him, to learn to be loved by Him, to return that in love to Him. Our God can do anything He wants, and He is thrilled. Revelation 3.20, to spend the day with you. Number three, Jesus is your friend too because he doesn't hold back. This is an amazing gift. He shares himself fully. There's a remarkable verse in John 15, 15 where Jesus speaks to his disciples, but I believe we can apply it to our lives as well, well where he says this. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made it known to you. He is fully transparent with the disciples, with us. This is the value of friendship. In return, he invites us to be transparent with him, to share with him our business. You see, he's opened up to his disciples and then to us his deepest purposes. He discloses his background, his ministry, his intentions, even his willingness and the fact that he is going to the cross. He tells his disciples. See, the message today is simple, isn't it? It's a simple message, but it is not simplistic. The most high God befriending us is anything but simplistic. He befriends not just good people, but sinners. He enjoys being in your presence. He won't walk away, and he takes major risk to know you. What more could you ask for in a friend? Now, I know... Real friendships are hard things, and it is, it's so easy to be hurt. It's so 
easy to lose faith in a friend. It's so easy to be disappointed in someone. And yet Jesus going to the cross for a moment, just think about that. Have you ever considered that that is the ultimate expression of friendship? You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul, says that Jesus' death is an act of friendship. In other words, the word used in Scripture is reconcile, to make friends again. He reconciles us to God through the cross. We are made friends again. The core of the Bible, the core action of God, is to restore your friendship with Him. Now to close this morning, I want to pick up an image, picture. Go ahead and pop that up there. Jeff, thank you. Let's see it there. See those two little boys? This is Connor and Christian. Courtney Moore said her son, Christian, noticed one of his classmates was crying in the corner. And her son went over to console him and grabbed his hand and walked him to the front door. And she told KAKE News that Christian and the other boy, Connor, waited until the bell rang and then walked into the school together. And now they have an inseparable bond. Here's the backstory Connor has autism. From home, he was able by himself to get on the bus. And to get to school on that first day, all by himself. And then he got overwhelmed with just all the activity and the decisions that he had to make and everything that was going on around him. His mom said it this way, I fear every day that someone is going to laugh at him because he doesn't speak correctly or laugh at him because he doesn't sit still or because he jumps up and down and flaps his hands. Go ahead and put up the second picture. It's just a different viewpoint. Diane Butler Bass writes about this story, and this was on Facebook a couple years ago. She said this The social, technological, and economic pressures of contemporary life have made us all like Connor. Connor. 
we might have been brave enough to get on the bus, but when we arrive at school, we fear that someone will hurt us, or we will not be accepted, or we cannot walk through the door to an unknowable future. Now let me ask, is there anyone here this morning who can't relate to Connor? (laughs) To being overwhelmed. You got up and you made it on the bus, but now it is overwhelming. Many days I feel like Connor. Now I want you to think of it for just a moment about this boy who befriended him on the first day of school with a boy that he doesn't know. He doesn't need, meaning Christian, need to understand or need to understand autism to be his friend. And what a name this young man has, Christian. What does this picture of taking Connor's hand convey? Well, love, of course, but I want to suggest it is an image that conveys risk. It was a risk for Connor. How does he know what awaits him if he follows Christian's lead into that scary school? It is a, it is a risk for Christian too. How does he know how Connor will respond? Would Connor reject him or slight him or ignore him or refuse him or hit him? Let me close with this thought. Diane Butler Bass says this is an updated American parable. So maybe this morning, friendship in one way is only for children. However, isn't it ironic that this is the very thing that Jesus calls us to become? Like little children. And maybe it takes a lifetime to see all of this clearly. But the friend of sinners, the friend of sinners is ready, willing, and able to take our hand and lead in this journey. Let's stand for the closing song.